Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Sam815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Six Distinct Types of Players and How They Collide and ask me questions if I was confusing. And today I might be. I might be confusing. There are six distinct types of players who are possibly being discussed interchangeably as if they are the same type of player, but they're not the same type of player. They are all different types of players. They all have different characteristics in regards to two basic things. And they're all about to get treated differently depending upon how they rate. And it could get really ugly depending upon how the timing gets. I heard a couple of you go, yeah, me confused. Um, There are six different types of players. And the main differences are, are they on the 40-man roster or are they not on the 40-man roster? The other category is, are they generally intended to be Major League Baseball players in 2022? Are they mainly being intended to be baseball play, Major League Baseball players in 2022? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start with outfielders. I'm going to start with some outfielders. I will use names of outfielders to explain the types of players that I'm talking about. There are going to be other players who fit into one of the categories, but we're not sure which. And now you're all really confused. I'm going to start with Ian Happ. Ian Happ is a Major League Baseball player. He's on the 40-man roster. I expect him to be with the Cubs this year. I expect him to play regularly with the Cubs, and he will play regularly with the Chicago Cubs. Ian Happ is on the 40-man roster. He will be a Major League Baseball player this season, much to the chagrin of some people. And Ian Happ is a Major League Baseball player who is on the 40-man roster, and that's not going to change. Now, the second person I'm going to use is Alexander Canario. Alexander Canario is a 40-man roster player. Alexander Canario is probably not going to play with the Chicago Cubs this season or any other major league team. So you have Ian Happ and Alexander Canario. They're both on the 40-man roster. Hap is going to play for the Chicago Cubs. Canario is not going to play for the Chicago Cubs or anyone else. Third category of player. You might argue this person isn't an outfielder, but he's the best example I have of it. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is a 40-man roster player that will play at the major league level, but he is not currently signed. Chris Bryant is a completely different, distinct class 
from Alexander Canario, who will not play at the major league level, or Ian Happ, who is on a 40-man roster. Completely different, completely different, completely different. Next, you have a player like Zach Davis. I could use Brennan Davis, but I'm going to use Zach Davis instead because there is less uh, uh, emotion. Zach Davis is a minor league player who is not on the 40-man roster and is not likely to play on the major league roster this year. The fifth category would be someone like I'm going to say Albert Almora. I don't know. Albert Almora might have signed with someone. Albert Almora might have signed with someone. But I don't think he has. Albert Almora is now not a 40-man roster player. He will not be signed to a major league deal. He will be signed to a minor league deal when he is signed, and he probably will be signed. And he will be treated as a minor league player, though he may be in major league camp at the time. Now I'm this far into the podcast. I know there's a sixth um, grouping along with the other five. But right now, I'm not rightly remembering it. So we're going to start talking about those five groupings now. Ian Happ. Almost certainly from this year and, well, from from last season and the year before and the year before, Ian Happ almost certainly has a winter training program he's used to, he's good with. Yes, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. This year, I'm doing a bit more of this than I did last year, maybe a little bit less of that other thing, but I'm basically going to be doing the same thing I'd been doing in other seasons. Again, add a little, take a little away. Chris Bryant, same sort of thing. Yeah, I'm going to hang out in San Diego, go to the place that I go, you know, get my workouts in wherever I'm doing. Because major league players, not only can they not go to the major league site, they can't visit the major league site, they can't interact with the major league coaches, they can't check on uh, major league trainers for their injury updates and all that kind of stuff. Hey, what am I supposed to be doing? No, sorry, can't do that. Can't talk to you. Now for Chris Bryant, for Ian Happ, it's going to be possibly a bit of a struggle because a bunch of what they did last year probably was, hey, I'm going to head out to Mesa for about three or four days. Fly out, get in four or five days worth of work, fly back home, I'm good. Then, Whenever it would end up being, usually about, oh, April. Well, next Friday is April 14th. No, 
ne next Friday is April 18th, I mean. Next Friday is April 18th, which means the following Friday would be, wow, I don't even know what month it is. It's February 15th. February. No, I'm not going to start the podcast again, even though probably I should. Next Friday is February 18th. By February 25th, most people are already in camp that are major league players. Oh, I remembered the sixth category. Um, most major league players are already in camp. They're not going to be. There's not going to be camp. So, uh, again, a player like Chris Bryant, a player like Ian Happ, they would probably have some sort of a reasonable, well, this isn't going to be ideal as far as keeping myself in shape, but it will be adequate. It will be adequate because I know what I have to do to get myself ready for the season. The hiccup comes when you have a player like Alexander Canario. Alexander Canario last year, especially with Alexander Canario, last year, last year at this time, he was a San Francisco Giants prospect. He was with the San Francisco Giants, doing what the San Francisco Giants told him as far as getting ready for his first major league appearance in on the 40-man roster in Major League Camp. Hey, Alexander, you know, we, we want to make sure that you're ready, da 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 um, do some of this, do this, by, by this date, start doing this, all that kind of stuff. Alexander Canario can not be talking with either the San Francisco Giants about his training and his regimen and his upgrades and his getting ready for spring training he also can't be talking with the Chicago Cubs, who are his current employer. Why? Because he's on the 40-man roster. Even though he's on the 40-man roster, he's not a real major league player yet. He hasn't played at the major league level. He doesn't have any major league experience. How should Alexander Canario be getting ready for the preseason? How should he be doing that? The Giants aren't going to help him. The Padres aren't going to help him. The Red Sox aren't going to help him. The Cubs right now really can't help him. I suppose Ian Happ might be reaching out to him or Jason Hayward or I don't know. But as far as we're going to have you do some remote hitting on your iPad. Yeah. That doesn't sound like that's getting a player ready for camp. Much less, how is he going to do when he actually shows up in camp when he has to be ready to up and go because he hasn't had the stuff necessary. It's really going to look a bit like 2020 for players who were drafted but never got in any camp. A whole bunch of players, a subclass of players, will not get...
properly prepared. Gee, I thought Canario. I thought Nelson Velasquez. Velasquez actually got in a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of work in winter ball. So that's probably a good thing for him. But as far as what he's doing right now, I don't know. Players who are on the 40-man roster but really aren't going to be major league players this year. There's a problem. There's a big problem. Now, Zach Davis, minor league player, not on the 40-man roster. My guess is by April, or by February, boy, I have no idea what month it is. By February 25th, my guess is Zach Davis will be in Mesa, Arizona, practicing, getting ready for the minor league season. And if not, by February 25th, a couple days after. Why? Because why not? What the heck else is he going to be doing? What the heck else would he be doing other than getting ready for the minor league season? And since the major league players aren't going to likely be in Mesa, Arizona, taking up the space, getting ready for major league camp, participating in major league camp, the minor league players might as well be out there. Be out at the minor league backfields. Be out at the big diamond. Heck, they might want to have the 25, 28, 30 top prospects. Have them keep going at each other. Ryan Jensen against Brennan Davis. Have the more experienced players, the higher ranked players, have them go at each other more. I don't know how they're going to do it, but how teams answer those questions. We have six entirely different subclasses of players that all will need to be treated differently. The players that are on the 40-man roster or could be on the 40-man roster or would be on the 40-man roster. Sorry, guys, you can't do a darn thing. We can't talk to you. We can't discuss things with you. We can't send you Instagram messages. We can't do jack. Players that are not on the 40-man roster, ride them. Now, the sixth category of player, which actually might be the seventh, but um, I consider it the sixth now. Are the players who are generally distant from Arizona. Distant from Arizona. For instance, somebody from Venezuela or the Dominican Republic or wherever. And getting them to Arizona might be somewhat problematic. And some of them might not necessarily be long-term ticketed for Arizona. So you get that player who's a 50-50 to stick in Arizona from the Dominican Summer League. Do you want to have them practicing in the Dominican Summer League? Or do you want to have them move up to Arizona and play against better competition? It's a question. You know, you're going to have Cristian Hernandez. You're going to have Pedro Ramirez. You're going to have some of the elite pitchers from the Dominican squad last time. They're going to be in Mesa because they're going to be expected to be in Mesa. But some of the players who didn't do quite that well, bring them to Mesa, give them a look, see if they're ready. Because if you have betting practice against better pitchers, you'll probably benefit 
more than if you had batting practice against rather middling pitchers. Or if you're a pitcher, if you're facing good hitters, you'll probably benefit from it more than if you're facing bad hitters. So all these players are going to be where they're going to be and what's going to happen with them will be entirely dependent upon things that really don't have anything to do with them much of the time. Huh? I heard you say that again. Let's take, for an example, left-handed relief pitcher Locke St. John. Locke St. John is actually the name of a minor league pitcher. He's pitched at least one season at the major league level. The Cubs signed him as a minor league, non-40-man roster player in the offseason. So, when the Cubs signed him, it was with the intention of giving him a non-roster invite to Major League Spring Training, which is not happening anytime soon. So, Locke St. John has been signed to a contract as a minor league pitcher with a major league non-roster invite that he will not be given until major league camp opens, which will be hell if I know. So, if there is major league spring training in May, and Locke St. John is Pitching for the I-Cubs, will Locke St. John get a Major League invite to go pitch for the Major League Chicago Cubs in Mesa as the Chicago Cubs get ready for the regular season in Mesa? And then, oh, Locke St. John, sorry, you're going to go play in Mesa to get ready even though you're already ready. And you're not going to pitch in Iowa, which is what you were brought in with the intention of doing. When baseball spring training starts, it's going to be a train wreck because there's going to be a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of things they weren't intended to be doing at that time. Brennan Davis, you're the starting center fielder. You're the starting center fielder. We're going to have you in right field today. We're going to have you in center today. We're going to have you in right. We're going to have you in left. We're going to have you in center. We're going to have you in DH. Oh, tomorrow you're heading back to Mesa because spring training is starting. You're not, you're not on a 40-man roster. You're not going to stay with the team for long. But we're going to send you out to Mesa so that you can participate in spring training. Does that make sense? Or would he be better off just playing games in Iowa? Seems to me, for Brennan Davis' sake, just let him keep playing games in Iowa. I don't think that the Chicago Cubs in Mesa would need Brennan Davis there um, shagging fly balls and taking introductory batting practice against pitchers who are getting their arms in shape for a preseason, getting their arms in shape for an exhibition season, 
when Brendan Davis is already good to go. He's been playing since I don't know, February 25th, February 18th, whenever he started. Whenever he got going, he, he's been going. He's, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. He's playing. He's being productive. All these things are going to start crawling all over each other. Where should this guy be? Where should that guy be? Should Zach Davis be in Iowa? Should Zach Davis be in Mesa? Should Lock St. John be in Iowa? Should Lock St. John be in Mesa? Then you throw in, then you throw in, team signs a guy to be a non-roster invitee. And I'm going to use Lock St. John. I don't know if he would be the guy that I'm talking about, but I'll just use him. Cubs bring him in for minor league spring training, not major league spring training, minor league spring training. And as it gets to the end of March, the early part of April, the Chicago Cubs decide, you know what, Lock St. John, we appreciate what you've done. Uh, we really like your breaking ball. We kind of like your fastball velocity. But for one reason or another, you are not going to be on our Iowa roster. We are going to release you from your minor league contract. We're going to release you from your minor league contract because this year it doesn't look like you're going to be the guy. And we're going to release you and then hypothetically, hypothetically, five days after the Cubs release Lock St. John, hey, Major League Spring Training opens. Does Lock St. John still have a Major League non-roster invite, even though the Cubs have already released him because he wasn't good enough to make the Iowa Cubs roster? And the Iowa Cubs aren't going to be using Lock St. John. Instead, the Chicago Cubs have decided, you know, we'd rather grab this guy who was a starting pitcher last year at South Florida, and he is suddenly available and ready to go and good to go. We would rather have this guy who was a 2021 starter for South Florida. We'd rather have this guy in our organization than Lock St. John because Lock St. John, while a perfectly usable relief pitcher at the AAA level, he just didn't have it quite going on. This guy from University of South Florida from 2021 could actually pitch three or four innings for us in our Mesa affiliate once, maybe twice a week, and help us have a second minor league affiliate in Mesa. Sorry, Lock St. John, we told you we were going to give you a non-roster invite, but we're redacting that because this other guy, who we didn't even know about at the time, is of more value to us now. Thanks so much for playing. Go find another team to go pitch for. Is that how it's going to work? Because after all, teams are only allowed 180 players once the minor league season starts off of their 40-man roster. It very well, and if it's not Lock St. John, it'll be someone else. Oh, well, yeah, we, we're planning on having you around, but it, nah, nah, not happening. 
There's going to be that one person who we're expecting you to do well, but in AAA minor league spring training games and run up to spring training games and all that kind of stuff, you had an ERA of 17.93. No, we'd rather have this other guy because this other guy will help us better in our organization as a live arm in Mesa. And oh, by the way, he didn't have an ERA over 15. All the people are going to start crowding all over each other, all the other people. How are people being prepared for getting ready for spring training? Again, like a Kyle Hendricks, I'm not worried about him. I'm probably not even worried about an Edward Elzele. Edward Elzele, well before the lockout kicked in, the Cubs probably had a um, computer sheet, computer program. Here's what we want you to log in on. Treat it as if we are reading it. We are not allowed to read it until after the lockout. But tell us how many pitches you got in, how much water you drank, how much, you know, what you were eating, all that kind of stuff. Enter this in as if we're reading it, which we're not allowed to. But as soon as the lockout ends, then we will catch up on everything that you did. I'm not worried about the guys who know what they're doing already. The guys I'm concerned about, Ethan Roberts. What's Ethan Roberts training set up this cycle? He can't go to Mesa. He's not allowed to go to Mesa. See, like Beckett what Tennessee Tech possibly possibly Tennessee Tech has a nice program as far as getting players ready but as far as Ethan Roberts I don't know who on the major league maybe he and Justin Steele have something going on as far as a training sesh Steele is from the south um Ethan Roberts is kind of from the South. They both kind of been around each other a bunch. Maybe those two. But players have to get, it's kind of like if you're doing some cooking. If you're doing some cooking, you have to preheat the oven. You have to preheat the oven. You want to put in the chicken when it's at a certain temperature to get the temperature from room temperature up to whatever you're going to have the oven at, you have to preheat the oven. Chris Bryant knows how to preheat his oven. Ian Happ knows how to preheat his oven. Jason Hayward has been preheating his oven for years and years and years. Alexander Canario is in a new organization and is prevented from talking to the executives in his organization. He can't talk to the people because he's on the 40-man roster and there's a lockout. How is Alexander Canario getting ready for this season? The teams that best account for these oddities of 2022 will have an edge not only in 2022, but on into the future because they will have figured out ways to get their players more set 
for how the season's going to go. There are six entirely different classes of players this cycle. Six entirely different classes. Some guys aren't with teams. Some guys are with teams. Some guys are with teams that they can't talk to. Some guys are with teams and they can't talk to the, the people in charge and they don't necessarily know a whole lot of the players who are on the 40-man roster. Some guys are just regular and they're going to be in camp in about two weeks and busting it and trying to take, take advantage of everything that's available until all of a sudden the major leaguers show up and say, sorry guys, back to the backfields, this is our house. Then there are some guys who might be coming up from the Dominican League or from Venezuela or Panama or wherever the heck they're coming up from and getting some extra swings to possibly get better. This is going to be one of those high-wire acts. Some teams are more prepared for this than others. I hope the Cubs are prepared for it. I really hope the Cubs are prepared for it because... There's going to be a couple of teams that play this really well. And what, what my hunch is, my hunch is, I don't know anything, but my hunch is pitchers will probably get earlier looks in minor leagues with no deliberate attempt to extend them nearly as quickly as major leaguers get extended. So, for instance, let's take Jordan Wicks. Let's take Jordan Wicks. Probably by... Hmm, what day do we want to have Jordan Wicks report, guys? What day do we want to have Jordan Wicks report? I say, um, I say February 15th, maybe February 17th, somewhere around there. If you can make it by the 15th, make it by the 15th. If you can make it by the 17th, make it by the 17th. Whatever you can make it. Try to make it by the 17th, though. By the end of the first week, have him to the point where he can pitch an inning. By the end of the next week, have him to the point where he can pitch two innings. Because what usually happens with a major league pitcher, the major league pitcher who is used to this kind of stuff, the Kyle Hendricks, the Kyle Hendricks, he'll pitch an inning in his first outing. And then if it's a short outing, you know, uh, five or six pitch inning, they'll send him back out to the bullpen and have him work another 10 or 12 pitches. Then his next outing, he'll go about 30. Then his next outing, he'll go about 45. And they'll just keep pushing him up, push him up a little bit at the time. And I think they'll kind of do that with the minor league pitchers, except I think it'll be a shorter amount. First time, 12? 12, 15 pitches of real, live, actual, against people stuff. Then the next time, maybe a couple dozen. 24, 25. Then 30. See, you, you, you still want it to get bigger. You still want the pitch counts to get larger. Because whether it's Max Bain, whether it's DJ Hers, you want them to start being able to get ready for pitching wherever it is that they're going to be pitching. But I don't think there's any minor league agenda as far as I insist on DJ Hers being able to pitch 75 pitches in his first out. No, that'd be stupid. That, that would, that, mm -mm, mm -mm. have him ready, have him ready to go 50. 
At the minor league level, there are scads of relief pitchers who also need work, and they need work just as much as the other guys do, just as much as the starters do, just as much as the prospects do. They need innings, and there's no sprint to getting. I have to get DJ Hers up to 92 pitches as soon as possible. No, that's not the goal. The goal is to keep the player safe. The goal is to develop the player. The added time should come in handy. But I really doubt, I really doubt, and I hope this is the case. Take the time. Let the major league coaches, who would otherwise be coaching Kyle Hendricks, who would otherwise be coaching Marcus Stroman, but are not permitted to coach Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks. Let them take a look at DJ Hurst. Hey, I kind of like this. All of a sudden, the major league coaches are more familiar with the players, especially the more advanced minor league players, the minor league players with a bit higher upside, possibly, 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 to use a blast from the past from 2020, possibly the players who might have been on the alternate training site in 2020 if 2022 were 2020 then uh those players those more advanced players would probably get a little bit more time with the major league hitting coaches the major league pitching coaches and the dossiers the familiarity possibly might be a little bit better but the reality is there will come that one point where there is a 7 or 8 or 10 or 14 day mad stretch of, well guys, it's been really nice getting to know you, but now we have to start getting ready for the major league players. Now, that could happen in March, it could happen in May, it could happen in June, and regardless what the time is, regardless what the timeline is, it's still going to be screwy. It's still going to be very strange having a situation of we have these six batches of players. They're all being treated entirely differently because they all have completely different situations regarding whether they're on the 40-man roster and whether they're going to be minor league players major league players, or potentially Dominican Summer League players. So yeah, I I wish I could give you more answers on this, but the people that are writing articles haven't seemed to have gotten, aren't, haven't seemed to have gotten as far as realizing that there's a whole bunch of different subclasses of players. Whole bunch of different subclasses of players, and they all ought to be being treated best for them, but nobody has any idea what best for them is. Nobody has any idea. Thanks for stopping by. We will have another podcast soon because I already know what it is. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day.